listen to this atmosphere. Just got to do it right now. Don't leave yourselves open. This famous old stadium is literally shaking down to its foundations. And with that, we are going to start the Football Cantina MX podcast. Uh, it's a J Square tonight, Joel and Jaime. And we wanted to dedicate this episode to Raul Jimenez. Obviously, uh, for those that are unaware, he had a terrible collision with uh, Sideshow Bob. I don't even know his real name. Uh, against the Arsenal uh, match, Arsenal Wolves. He uh, fractured his skull. He had to go straight to the hospital, and uh, he's having a speedy recovery. They hey, they just operated on him, but uh, yeah, our hearts go out to him, and it's that's that's a shame. You don't want to lose a guy like that. How are we doing? Doing good, man. Yeah, that was scary. His clash with David Luiz. It's pretty looked brutal. Um, some of those pictures are pretty bad with the blood. I don't know if that was David Luis blood, but um, yeah, I know you. He wasn't moving, right? He didn't move for a while. Yeah, this game was after on the, Sunday. Yeah, it was on Sunday. Yeah. Sunday around eleven, and uh, my my boy texted me because I was working. He said, "Hey, bro, like." Raul's not moving. He just collided with uh, David Luis, and he did not. He was unconscious, man. And uh, I saw the replay, and the sound is just horrible. It's like haunting. Like I wish I could have erased that from my head. <laughs> yeah, and he got he got flown into a hospital, and and um, he had surgery for. Uh, he suffered a skull fracture, so we don't know yet. How bad it is. Um, I, I'm being hopeful because he did. He did finally talk to the fans. He finally released a statement. Uh, that's right. He said, Gracias por sus mensajes de apoyo. Estaré en observación y espero pronto regresar a las canchas. Uh, thank you for the support messages. I'll be under observation and I hope to return to the pitch soon. Yeah, I wonder if he's gonna be wearing those, those like helmets. It's like uh, I don't know if you've seen the players have. They wear this thing around their head. It looks like a little helmet. Uh yeah. Although most famous, uh, athlete that's worn that is Peter Cech. He like uh, he also fractured his skull. Uh, when he that's was... what he wore it. I just I just thought he liked. It. No, he fractured his skull. <laughs> um. It was back when Mourinho was the coach, and Mourinho like was super uh, mad about that, and you know the player like I don't know basically kicked him in the head. So, um, damn, yeah, it's pretty bad. So I don't know, I, I, like it's a tough, tough thing because he's a goalkeeper, right? He's not going to be in those situations yeah. like Raul. You know, Raul's a striker; he has to fight for the ball up, up, up top. So I don't know. That that's why, like, I'll you know, I, I depending how you know the level of fracture it was, like it could have just been slightly fractured, and he gonna recover soon and be playing again. 
or it could have been pretty bad and it's like it's gonna take longer to heal and and all of that stuff and if it might affect them affect him you know like mentally is he gonna want to go in for headers or is he gonna be scared of another you know hit so yeah all that remains to be seen but what is most important is that he he's healthy and that he recovers yeah absolutely i like there's just so many things that popped in my head like man like i I legit thought like this was a like, career ending injury. It sounds like it's not going to be a career ending injury, but yeah, like you mentioned, it will it will affect him. I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there, you know, once we actually see him like get out of the hospital and I don't know, maybe some highlights of him training again, but I don't know how how long he's going to be out of commission for. Also, they didn't mention if like he got a concussion like I'm assuming he did, right? I mean, if he fractured his skull, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> um, I believe was it Jurgen Klopp had something to say about it. Let's see. Yeah. At moment, I didn't think about um, uh, a rule change or whatever. I just was sitting there for ten minutes and waiting that both get up. Um, uh, without any issues, but that didn't happen. Um, I hope um, Raul Jimenez is as good as possible now. I heard he had a surgery, if that's right, I don't know, but I, I wish him all the best, obviously. Um, and with um, David Luiz, uh, I, I, I don't know, I think we have the concussion protocols, I know we have the concussion protocols, so the boy, I'm pretty sure um, Arsenal did that. Um, and I know people say um, I'm not sure if the, the new rule with the concussion substitute would have helped in that moment because if the player can play on. I was a player myself. I had uh, a few different injuries in my life and, um, and, and, and these kind of things. So if the player feels completely fine, the concussion protocol is fulfilled, then I think he would have played on anyway. Um, but yes, it makes sense that we can do things like this, of course. Yeah, so I guess there's like a concussion rule. Yeah, there's steps. Like uh, even in high school football, they have steps for, um, I forget what they are. Like there's certain symptoms that they ask a player if they're experiencing. And if they do, then it's not advisable that they go back and play. But it's sort of, I mean, this brings up this whole soft mentality, not soft mentality, I guess, but uh, of people like raging out of, like weak concussion protocols or why is he playing David Lee shouldn't be going back on the pitch and um, they're not taking care of the players and all this stuff. But we have like NFL, we have American football playing. We have headers in soccer where we've, you know, I don't know if you guys seen the documentary before about how women's heads are um, a lot different from men. I guess their head and neck. And then like a lot of women after they retire playing, they end up having like headaches and, and a lot of problems when they get older. Interesting. Um, yeah. There's like a whole doc, not a doc. I don't know if it's a documentary or if it's just like a, a 30 minute segment. Um, but there's still headers in the game. So if you, if you got, if people are raging about all this stuff, they need to cancel hockey. They need to cancel <laughs> NFL. They need to cancel headers and soccer, not just for women, but for men. Um, because if there were no headers, then, you know, Actually, I don't know what they would do in that type of situation when the ball is coming in. 
you just like sort of wait on the ground for it to fall down. Um, they're just two guys going at it. Um, yeah, they're head and they just collided. So that was a freak accident. There's no like that is just part of the game. You can't control that. Um, I will say though, like there should definitely be like precautions with going back into the game. You know, like they should, I don't know, do like a scan or something to make sure like he doesn't have a concussion. But at the end of the day, I mean, I remember like there's players that have played on injured. I know like in American football, there's like football players that play with like, you know, dislocated shoulders and like broken arms and shit. So it's like at the end of the day, it's up to the player. If he wants to, if he feels comfortable going back on the pitch and he's putting his own life in danger, but that's on him. If he wants to die on the even, pitch, so be it. Even playing the sport, you're putting your life in danger. Yeah. And then you have MMA, like you have MMA and they, they talk about it plenty where you go out and you're fighting and you're either going to get knocked out unconscious, just like Raul. That's a, that's a very possible result. Or, uh, or you're going to get some, you know, worst type of injury. And that happens every day. So it's, it's like you're, you're doing something and there's a risk there. And if you don't like that risk, then don't do it. Or if you don't like uh, the risk of David Luiz going back on the field, then don't watch it or don't don't you know don't participate in the in the sport. But it's it's a risk that everyone takes, and that's just the way it is. And I I, I put a I, don't, I put a video. I don't know if you guys watched it of the this guy named Cyborg. Uh, I think it's Cyborg Santos. He was uh, he got kneed in the in the forehead, and I posted pictures of his uh, of the fracture to his skull. He was all, pretty shattered. Yeah, yeah that was really bad. He had plates like uh, titanium all through his, you know, forehead and, and nose area. Um, he ended up, I, I think he wanted to fight again, but he ended up retiring. That was his last fight. He was pretty much done because you, you can't risk another injury, man. And that might be the thing. That's what I'm worried about with Raul. If, he, if he's, I don't know how bad the fracture was, but if he gets another, you know, impact to that, how would it, how would it affect him? Um, I'm more worried, like about long-term suffering, which doesn't happen in soccer because you don't get hit in the head like that every single game in soccer. But like fighters or boxers, they get punched in the head um, at little instances, you know, like jabs and jabs and jabs over over the course of a, of a fight. That's worse than like you know getting knocked out once when you get constantly hit in the head or hit you know rattle and stuff. That's a lot worse than like, but this is like a sort of an extreme instance. This one instance for Raul where he gets fractured. So that's, I'm sort of hopeful. Um, but the worry I think could be, and I think it's slim for him, is when he retires. Like, what's, what's it's gonna, what's it, what's his life gonna be like after that? Which I don't think it's gonna be too bad because it was just like, hey man, he might go uh, start his own bakery, start making bread, or, uh, oh. <laughs> Maybe do an Eddie oh. Castillo and uh, have his own fishing, uh, fish and bait, bait and tackle shop. <laughs> no, but like it, for fighters, you you watch them interview at the end of their career. Oh yeah, and you look you look for signs of like slurring of words. Freaking and all stuff. was it Nate Nate uh, Nate Diaz? He sounds fucking drunk all the time. Or even like is it, doesn't Julio Cesar Chavez have that as well? And uh... Yeah, I mean, if you if you like, that dude took, yeah, you that li- dude took a lot of hits. You listen to boxers; they all they all. I mean, look at freaking uh, Floyd Mayweather has a slight slur. So does his father, and uh, obviously Freddie uh, 
Freddie Roach and all these all these boxers have like long term damage. Uh, as far as like football goals, like soccer, Raul, I I will say like it, it will he think twice about going for that header? Will he you know will <laughs> will he ask for the ball on the ground? You know, moving forward, like who knows? Who knows how this will impact his game? And he's a he's a he's a header guy. He's yeah. like a guy that t- that receives those balls. So it's yeah. like, dude, that could psychologically impact him pretty big. Would not be surprised if he starts wearing headgear, like Peter Check. Or ask for like a huge metal plate, man. Go full cyborg or something. <laughs> Yeah, but I think that that depends, um, you know, just how how bad the injury was. So it could have just been a slight fracture. Yeah. And and they just make sure that, you know, uh, it it doesn't get worse by not treating it. Or if if like you said, if if it was like a hard fracture where they would have had to put some type of plate. Maybe that make that could make his headers better, cheekies. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna have a titanium plate. He, he, he hits him with more power now, dude. It's like yeah. a like super was, campeones type of thing. I was I was talking about a plate like like I don't like I was talking about a plate the size of like a quarter of his head. Like if it was on the, it hit him on the right side, like from his center of his head all the way to his ear, like that size of plate, man. Then he would have like the Rebel fit power when he oh, gets that. Oh man, that would be like an unfair advantage, bro. <laughs> if David Luis goes and tries to hit him again, <laughs> he'd be the one on the ground, gonna, like knocked out. He's gonna have to register his head as a weapon, dude. Okay. <laughs> I got some for you guys. Antuna sigue Uriel, ya se le entregó a Calderón otra vez la zurda, otra vez la zurda, golazo, golazo. Chicote. Liga Mekis quarterfinals have ended. And the big, big discussion this weekend. America Chivas and Chicotres. Chicotres scored three goals against America. And they thoroughly defeated them 3-1. How are we feeling, boys? Oh, man. I was surprised. You know, expecting a more a more difficult match for Chivas. Not saying that it was easy, but I, you know, part of me, I'm, I'm admit, I thought Ame would have probably squeezed by and and taken the series. But um, Chicote Power Man, he came through and he eliminated the Aguilas. It's a, you know, hats off to Buse. Came in on a came in on you know when he joined Chivas season already underway um, and it was a season with doble jornadas missing players due to call-ups due to COVID missing uh, you know players due to COVID and injuries uh, players being suspended for you know um, for this madre and then the four players that you know, loses four players right when the team qualifies to Ligia. The four players, they got booted. 
uh, you know, trophies, Gallito, and plus two. Uh, and then I think, you know, it keeps getting worse for uh, Musa, man. He's, he's like playing in the super difficult level, man. <laughs> Well, yeah, we'll get into that real quick. Um, but before before we announce the the bad news, uh, Chivas, when I saw this lineup posted on Twitter, I wanted to. I was like, all right, man, this is this is the last straw. Who say like you're you're over here? You're gonna you're gonna you're just gonna freaking sabotage us. He had. This is the lineup for Chivas. Godinho in the back. Miguel Ponce, Sepulveda, Iramir Sanchez. So far, so good. In the midfield, Molina and Alan Torres. Who the hell is Alan Torres? He uh, got called up from the um, uh, Tapatio, from the from the B team. Then in the top, he went for uh, Calderon, Brizuela, Antuna, and Oribe Peralta. And uh, we 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 saw the lineup, bro, and I'm just like, wow. All right, we're just gonna we're gonna get defeated. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out, man. Peralta was just being used as a as a decoy. I believe he was responsible for one of the assists as well. And uh, Chicote, he said, "Hey, man, I went for this shot last game, and it worked. Why not do it again and again? It was the same goal three times, man." Yeah, he he. I must say he beat Piojo in the in the tactical game, man. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, um, some players, ex-players, I think Angel Reina spoke out after the game and said, "This is bullshit." You know, when I played for America, we would we would we would be pissed. You know, we were going balls out like this is unacceptable, and a lot of fans were upset with. The lack of, I don't know, performance by these by this team. Ah, uh, I I think that's that's where I think um, it just shows when fans are just being fans, and it's it's it you know that's part of the game, and it's it's it does go a bit into what what uh, fellow Cantinero Ron was saying. How the away goal can sometimes punish you, and that did work against Ahmed. I mean, they they lost the first game one zero, but now they were conditioned to win by a two. And then after he scores the second one, now they have to win by three, and so that that does you know play a play a big part right there, where it's like conditions the team to uh, now you have to play a certain way. Uh, at you know, the other side of that token is also what makes the Liguilla exciting. You know, so it sort of forces the teams to to be more aggressive. More attack. Yeah. Yeah, aggressive. There, there you go. That's exactly the word. Uh, so that's that's what it is. And um, but but I mean, that's that's one of the things that you know, as fans, they have to understand. And it's it's the Liguilla, man. One bad game or or that, and it's. Makes it seem like if your team is not that good, but this was one of the best teams throughout the season. You can't throw it away just because they got bested by Chivas, you know. And it's just, um, you know, it's not a weak Chivas team. I mean, it's it's not that strong, but there's some talented players. But 
also the coach. He he, he counts. You know, it's it's Buse, man. The, he's known as the King Midas. That's you you know that the type of nickname you don't just get it just because you you win a few games. This guy is proven one of the best. He's one of the best in the league. So uh, no shame there, man. And this is why Chivas went for him. You know, a lot of people will be upset. <clears throat> I was one of them. You know, the fact that then I was doing well. But, I mean, this guy is a proven commodity. And I think today, the exp- or not today, but the experience showed in this series. Like, he was able to find a way to win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we did talk about it here, uh, how fans were, they didn't like how the team was playing. They felt how Wuse was being maybe too defensive or, or just not, not making the most. And, you know, we kept saying it. His thing is Ligia, man. Once he gets there, he's going to have a certain style where they're going to grind the results and, and get the wins. And and he did it, man. He did it all over Necaxa and now over America. So got the team to semifinals. And it was a team that well, they went three years without even qualifying to the league. So I think they've accomplished much already. And uh, I'm sorry, but, you know, this, again, goes to show that, like, cheerleading can only get you so far. Not, I'm not, you know, with Matias, you know, he, he had the little, the speeches that put a tear in your eye and got you, got you fired up. But that's not enough, man. You need to show them how, tactically, this is how we defeat you. This is how we will win, tactically. And you could tell that. Chivas were tactically a superior team. The team was very well positioned. Um, not saying that there weren't mistakes by the young youngin, uh, Alan Torres. You know, he he still is very very green. But despite he was able to to just plug right into the midfield and and there were there were moments where he shined really well. And uh, I'm just really proud of the fact that they were able to to put him in the starting lineup, man. Like that's a big move. Yeah, that's well. See, that's and I think that's the importance of having Tapatio back. Uh, so I remember it was a few years back. You know, when when we when we look at the the I think it was those six, and and the team that won those six with a lot of the a lot of the um, Chiva Canteranos and a lot of them had been playing together at Tapatio. And then after that, around the time that the league started making the under-20 and under-17 leagues, that's when, um, I believe it was Angelicalissima, I believe it was her, I think it was her call to sell Tapatio. She said, we don't need it now because we could just send the youth to play for the the under-20 and the under-17 leagues. But I remember reading... um, Articles from some of the Chivas youth coaches, and they were saying how they they needed they needed the second division team because the level of competition for under twenties under seventeen wasn't strong enough. Uh, and, and we're talking about for the you know for the better players, the players that that are making a push for the first team. And so basically, they're you're not you know it's it's working against them. Yeah. And uh, and then. We saw how Chivas had all these players spread around, 
you know, uh, different teams in second division, but that's also can be counterproductive, uh, you know, because some of them are not going to get that much playing time. And if, and if you're the club and you own the second division team, then you have a group that you're going to keep playing them because, yeah, you know, you're, you already, you're expecting things from some of these guys. So you're, you're going to just keep, keep playing them, see if eventually they work out. And so that was one of the best moves Chivas did a while back, bringing back Tapatio. And now they could have, you know, about 30 players now competing for a, competing for a place in the, in the, in the first team Tapatio. And then with the better ones, eventually being pushed up to the Chivas team where, where they could, you know, perform. And, and this guy already, he's already showing the fruits of that. Absolutely. He wasn't the only uh, kid to get his uh, debut. It was also Adrian Villalobos. He came in as a late sub. And uh, we were going to need a lot more of those because, unfortunately, we we just got uh, breaking news that, unfortunately, Cone Brizuela is, uh, has tested positive for, for COVID yet again, and he will not be participating in the uh, semifinal. So another gancho aliado. Had it already? Yeah, I, I think so. He was one of the players that had it. Man, <laughs> he here was hoping that once you get it, you can't get it again. No, you know, you can get it again. Well, then, I know, man. Just final word on on the canteranos, but I think it's huge to debut. In a Liguilla and in a Super Clásico. So that's, you know, big ups for them. And let's hope there's another one. We're going <laughs> to need one more youth up there yeah. to, to replace, to replace Cone. And, um, but... Yeah. And I, I mentioned this in the group chat, but here's my thing. It's like, all right, right now, like, we are, like, really, really low on players. And I don't know if there's a way for us to just look at some of the players that we have in other teams right now on loan and just be like, Hey man, this is an emergency situation. Uh, we got to bring these boys back cause we need, we need bodies. Um, I know it's not like professional or, or orthodox, but at this point, bro, I mean, we have Godinius at Leon. We have Van ranking at, uh, uh, I think he's at Pumas and we have, uh, he was, Oh, did they, but he was, he came from Pumas. Where is he? No, I think he's at Santos. My bad. <laughs> I don't know. So I think if Chivas bought him or, or did. Yeah, he's on, he's they... on, he was from Chivas, uh, uh, sorry, from Pumas. Then uh, he was brought in as a loanee to Chivas, but then Chivas decided to buy him. And then they loaned him out to Santos. So he's at Santos right now. And he wasn't playing bad for us. Like, it's not like he was terrible. Um, no, but I think he might have been wrapped up in some of that, uh, some of that party, and it, it could be possible. That makes sense. Maybe cleaning, cleaning house. But then we also have Mayorga, who's a really good player, and he's playing for Pumas right now. Um, and he's young, and I'm just like, 
we should be able to like call these players back or maybe put in a clause like, hey, since we own him, you guys are not allowed to use him against us. And, you know, in an elimination match. I know that's like a petty thing, but. You got at this point, no, but man. Yeah, that, there is, that clause does exist, though. Yeah. So, and it is for a reason. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, you want to have as much a, uh, of an advantage as possible if you can. You know, if you can, if you can fill your stadium with 15 percent capacity, <laughs> why not do it? You know. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, there will not be fans in this upcoming semifinal uh, against Leon. Uh, they said that it's, you know, they have to wait a 14-day period for those fans to return. You know, just to make sure no one maybe potentially caught it and then go back and, like, spread it again. So there will no be there will not be fans for the semifinals. Yeah, I guess they caved in to the pressure, huh? I to would... the criticism, I should say. <sighs> I would say, like, well, just sell tickets to other people that didn't go to the game, you know? <laughs> just bring that, in... That also could... But, yeah, I guess it would have just been more of the same. Mm. More and more just critique. I, I think they messed up. They should have done something that they were doing here in the States where they were reaching out to, like, season ticket holders and basically just securing tickets for, like, the next season. Um... And then if something should, you know, arise, like an opportunity to return to the stadium, then these are the people that get, like, first dibs. You know what I mean? And then that way you have, like, the opportunity to fill at your stadium uh, at 15% capacity and still have enough for, like, the second wave of, you know. I'm, I'm sure they didn't expect to, like, even have fans for, for the Ligia. But now that it's a possibility and a reality like it's it's a shame that they brought in the fans and then now it's like back to nothing and then you know if chivas get past leon does that mean that they'll allow fans again like it's it's kind of it's kind of weird how this all went down moving on cheeky still with us i don't know i wish he was (laughs) because the other uh leg the other quarterfinal Pumas and Pachuca arguably the most boring match and and in just like the first like man there was really not much between them and Pumas hold on to the draw 0-0 and they are through to the next round I wonder if uh Chiquis is now feeling a little bit confident about the possibility of winning some silverware Hey Liani and and you know it's it's again another point for the coach Giuliani, who was there as as the youth coach at at Pumas, and um, what was it? Uh, damn, what's his name? The Real Madrid guy. Um, uh, Michel, was it Michel? Uh, he was there. Uh, uh-huh. He returned because of COVID. He didn't want to leave his mom alone in Spain, uh, and so he leaves right right when the season's about to start. And then Pumas, I believe they reached out to one guy, which former player, I think it's uh, Gonzo. Oh, Pineda. I'm not, yeah, who's at the Sounders, and he was like, no, I'm I'm cool over here. <laughs> and, um, yeah. I still think he did the best. I still yeah. think he, he did what was best. He's still like an uh, assistant coach, he, though, I think, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and Pelidiani was there, and he's like, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take over the hot seat. And, man, he ended up, you know, turning Pumas into one of the best teams. They were top four, uh, and now they're in semifinals. So I think he, he did a wonderful job. Hell yeah. And I think uh, he's looking like he's going to be a quality coach. You know, the same with um, Cruz Azul's... Um, Ah, man, the name skipped my mind right now, and, and I know his name. <laughs> Same as the guy from Cruz Azul. Siboldi? Excuse me? Siboldi? Yes, Robert Dante Siboldi. Can I forget a name like that? Former goalkeeper. But those those two guys are fairly new, uh, but I feel that they're quality coaches that are going to be in Liga MX for a long time, as, as we've seen some other coaches that have slowly... Um, Left now, like uh, you could say, uh, who is it that retired? Is it Ojitos retired recently? Mm-hmm. And Tuca, you know, he's, Tuca's yeah. he's about his way. I don't know. I don't know if he if he has said anything yet. Uh, but there's there's a couple others that might be out soon. Uh, even Buse, man, he, she was right. to be his last. This could be his last. Uh, this will be his last know, team. His last I feel hurrah. yeah. Well, but that, and I hope, and if it is, I hope he's there for the long run. Yeah. Give a good, good four or five years. Um, you know, he, he could be our Sir Alex uh, if he gets the result. <laughs> <laughs> Just, um, yeah, I but, agree. But these are some of the, the new guys coming in. And, uh, and so let's, let's see, let's see what happens with them. Uh, and so Liliani will be matching up with Buse, who's, uh, he's an old wolf in Liguillas. And let's see how Liliani does against against you know a more seasoned seasoned pro. Um, but I I feel wait wait no I'm getting ahead of myself. You're getting twisted, bro. I, I, I'm getting I'm already thinking Chivas Pumas. So, <laughs> so my hope is that um, is that um, dang Pumas is gonna meet Cruz Azul, right? Yes, that's right. And then Chivas meets Leon. That's so correct. My hope is, is is if Chivas wins, that they face Pumas and not Cruz Azul, because I feel Cruz Azul is is uh, Chivas Coco man, especially that Bola. What's it, Bola? Bola Gonzalez what was this your wine guy, uh, the striker. Ah, uh, Cabeza Rodriguez. Yes, Rodriguez. I say Gonzalez. <laughs> Cabeza Bola. I, I am twisted, man. <laughs> but yeah, that guy, even since he was at Santos, man, he's been a headache for Chivas. He just has Chivas' number, man. And so, but I, I feel that Chivas would be better matched up with Pumas. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. I'll maintain Lilani going up against against um, Nacho, who's who's having again one of his best seasons. And so, that would be an interesting matchup right there. You know, uh, same. I'm, I'm the same. Same thing where I'm gonna say Nacho's some. You know, obviously more experienced as first division coach. I agree. Uh, I really like these matchups. Um, so for those that did not catch them, Leon uh, came back. They came back and they they wasted no time. Uh, they they went ahead and beat Puebla two zero. So the the underdogs are finally eliminated, and uh, 
You know, it's crazy because if you look at like Puebla season, like if you're being objective, you're like, well, you guys ended in 12th. What a disaster. But then, hey, we made all the way to quarterfinals. So <laughs> maybe not too bad of a season. Maybe, you know, a little bit of a silver lining. No, I agree. Um, I agree that uh, Puebla Puebla was one of those teams not much was expected, and they ended up ended up going into Liguilla, man, and 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 uh, fi- uh, firing uh, Turco Mohamed in the process. <laughs> they did some collateral they, damage. They did. They took out. They took out Monterrey. Kateng. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, the Turk- yeah, I so I don't know, man. I I look at this Leon Chivas game, and I'm like, well, if Puebla could expose them, I think Chivas can can give them a good run for their money. Uh, it's gonna be difficult not having Brizuela, and but it's it, you know they have 180 minutes to to get the job done, and if they can keep the clean sheet at home. Then it's gonna be kind of like the same, uh, the same um, formula, you know. And and you know, Alexis Vega was available, but he uh, Busset didn't use him. Correct. I guess he had him there just in case he needed some goals, but um, didn't want to use him to risk risk getting him injured again. So that guy might be available and should Mas- be available. Macias is back in training. He's back in training, but they're saying he, if he does return, it will be in the final if mm. Chivas makes it that far. Okay. I heard something like that, so I'm not, I'm not too sure. Don't quote me on that. And then the, the last game, uh, Cruz Azul Tigres, uh, kicking and whining and crying this whole time. Tigres lost uh, 3-2 on aggregate. They did beat Cruz Azul yesterday. However, um, it didn't go without some controversy. There was like a a penalty, and then they went to VAR and they realized it wasn't a penalty; it was actually outside the box. So then it ended up being a free kick, and you know, Gignac was obviously very upset. And the only goal happened in the 83rd minute with Quinones, and he did one of those things where he tried to cross the ball, and then it just <laughs> ended up just going past uh, Chuy Corona and it went in the back of the net. Um, really funny because it was like one of those goals that you just, if you tried it a thousand times, you would never be able to do it again. Damn. But, uh, yeah, and... go ahead. No, yeah, Tigres, man. I think uh, it's a bit, I know fans are a bit, some of them have lost their patience with Tuca because they feel that that team should be more, more aggressive and and just more. Showing, even though he did turn them around, like like the type of franchise, you know, he's he's loaded up their their um, what is a trophy cabinet with yeah, silverware? Absolutely. But but you know, you you get to the point where you forget. Yeah. So I, I think. But but I'm also a bit. I, I think I've I've been also on that, on that train of thought where I think Tuca took him, he brought him to this level, and then just Tuca being Tuca, I feel that. 
like if that team can improve, I don't I don't feel like he's the guy just because he's already he's set on his ways, you know? Right. And I, I feel that they could they could have brought someone else, you know, to try to get this team to be more you know, more aggressive again, same same word. Uh just because I do feel a lot of times they've could have done more, but Luca's always been a bit overly cautious, we could say. Yeah, and that's definitely his, you know, downfall, I guess. But needless to say, he still has won them a lot of silverware. And uh, the season is not over for them just yet. Don't forget that they are still in the Coca Champions uh, Cup. And they will be playing against New York City Football Club on the... Uh, 16th of December. We don't have a time yet, but we do have a date. And all these games will be taking place in Florida in a bubble. The players will be tested intensely. And uh, America is also in there and Cruz Azul. Oh, damn. God damn. That should be good, man. So, but I think, I think that's, so I was thinking like why Duca has announced anything. And I guess he's waiting for that tournament. Mm-hmm. He had said in the past this was his last year, um, and and I know part of me thinks he wants to leave with, you know, on the top. Well, I still think he's leaving on the top, but I think he wants to leave with one more campeonato. But if he could get that that one, at least if it's that Conca champion, I think he would. That would be good enough for him to to hang his. Uh well, we will say cleats if he's player, but I, I guess uh, what would you hang if you're the coach? <laughs> your uh, whistle or your what? um clipboard. Your clipboard, yeah, man. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, let's 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 see what happens there, and because yeah, we could be seeing these Monterrey teams with with you know a new look for next season. Uh, Monterrey, obviously, as you said, they fired. The Turk, uh, Mati, has been one of the names, uh, but not, not, nothing has come out of it. Uh, so, but let's see who they bring. And, and then if, if Duca does, does leave, uh, it will be interesting to see who Tigres brings. You know, because there's a big rivalry. They're always trying to one-up each other, uh, these two teams, and I, which I think it's great. And... Um, and but let's let's see what type of coaches they bring. And I'm I'm gonna be flat out honest. Thetis is getting old, and uh, they haven't really made any efforts to start replacing these players. You know, I mean, you look at this team, man. They're it's like the same team from like the 2015 championship. You know, with with uh, uh, with Ferret, Ferretti, they won the. Apertura 2011, Apertura 2015, Apertura 2016, 17, and the Clausura 19. So he's won four titles with, or sorry, five titles, uh, league titles with Tigres. And the team is like, hasn't changed much. You know, Gignac's getting old. Um, and you just don't see like him really giving chance to the young players. And I think that's been one of the biggest criticisms that the fans have given him. So I, I think that this, this Tigres team is, has had a good run, and uh, maybe they're going to go back to like the the rebuilding phase after this year. 
Yeah, that that too, man. Uh, Tigres, though, I, I think Gignac is staying for as long as just because he's he's there. You know, he's he's. You could pretty much say he's his most iconic. He's he went on to replace Thomas Boy, and I think uh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna hold on to him till he decides to hang up his boots. So going into these matches, I I like it whichever way it turns out because if Chivas wins and Pumas win, then we get a rematch of the 2004 final where we lost on penalty shootouts thanks to Flamingo Medina. I'll never forgive you. Um, But (laughs) if, if Leon wins and Cruz Azul wins, then it will be a rematch of the last time Cruz Azul won a league title. So that will be fun. Wow. Yeah, yeah, 97, cool. man. He's saying that football da revanchas. Although I'm, I'm going to say with that Chivas Pumas PK uh, shootout, that game, Chivas shouldn't have, it shouldn't have gone to PKs because Chivas was gifted a penalty. <laughs> it, was, it was a falta outside the box. The ref gave it to Chivas and they... I don't know if they tied the game with that, but they did. They did end up helping them, and then they, I think that was the game before the the second leg. But I do remember that, and I was like, I don't know. Uh, you know, got got one that we didn't deserve, and then missed one. Key. That's that's just football. You that's know? just football. And the craziest part about that 97 season is Leon actually was in first place that year as well. Uh, so, I don't know, man. History has a way of repeating itself. That season, uh, Pachuca were relegated and Pumas were promoted. Or not Pumas, Tigres. So, who knows, man. I know Cruz Azul fans have been wanting this title for so long and, you know, reversing the curse. How appropriate it would it be against like Leon? Um, so that you know, people are saying that uh, if it's a Chivas Cruz Azul final, I don't know if there's ever been a Chivas Cruz Azul final, at least not not in my time. Um, but at least in recent history, that would be a rematch of the Copa por Mexico in which Chivas lost. And then if it's a Leon Pumas final, then it'll you know be a feline final and a, a well deserved final between the first and second place team. So I I just I like these four teams. I think they all deserve to be there. Agreed. Agreed. So those are the matchups. We will have the first leg on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Chivas will host Leon. No fans for this one. We'll see what kind of lineup they have. And then on Thursday, Cruz Azul will play uh, Pumas. At 7 p.m. as well. So don't want to miss those. There was also something else that I was going to tackle. I forget what it was. Um, I guess because this is kind of controversial, but did you hear about like Cavani, what he said on Instagram, like calling one of his friends like Negrito? They found it. I did. I, I don't find it controversial. I just think this is this is other people imposing imposing their you know, like I, you could say 
to an extent their culture on other people. Yeah. So like, you know, something that's seen in a negative way, like let's say in the U.S., is you know, just because it's seen negative here, it doesn't mean it's negative somewhere else. Uh, you know, just because different culture, but you know, it's it's social media, so you have globalization now. So now you can see how other people are, but then you are you are sort of imposing your ideas and your beliefs and bringing in like your history and try to tell someone else, hey, this is wrong. <laughs> How are you yeah, gonna call me like, racist, bro? Like, <laughs> like you know well, what I mean? Is, that's that's basically is, what they're man. they're calling Cavani racist for that. But it's like, yo, yeah, that, it's, it's a cultural thing. It is, and I, I've seen it. I remember a friend of mine, and that was his nickname, Negro, and that's his family calling him that. Yeah, to call him Negro, and that was that was just his nickname. Um, I remember the joke was uh, one of my friends made a joke about him, and he said if. Every time something got lost in the house, he would be the first one to get blamed. <laughs> so, uh, that, you know, that he stole it. Anyways, uh, I think Chiki's might have something to say. This racism is killing me inside. Chiki's back. Hello? So this, this racism is killing me inside. Oh, God. This is killing me. <laughs> that's that's uh, Dave Chappelle quote, right? Uh, yeah. No, but but going back to that whole thing about about you know, cause cause different cultures are like like in India they don't they don't eat cow, you know. So imagine if they started saying, "Oh, you're barbarians over there," because guys eating hamburgers every day, you know that what we do just looks bad. And and I think some parts in China where they eat dog, and for us it looks, it just looks bad. And and so you could go down the list of stuff that that you don't you might not find right, but I mean, you don't live there, so how well, that, how can you say that's what they mean? You know, just because it means something to us doesn't mean it means the same to them. So that's just imposing imposing our like this U.S. and and I could say like even Europe, you know, imposing this this stuff and imposing it on on other cultures. Well, he's playing in he's playing in England. He's playing for Manchester United. So this is this is the the British. And then, yeah, but they got a lot of the same. They ended yeah. up getting and, a lot of the same stuff with the with the whole racism thing. And the, with, another, with another thing is is uh, Luis Suarez did this like nine years ago. So you know they're saying, well, if we're gonna you know peg Luis Suarez, then we have to peg uh, Cavani. You know, Uruguay is just a bunch of racist people. <laughs> I, you know, Uruguay was the first. They were the first uh, World Cup South winners, so they can. No, no, but they were they were the first South American team to 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 field the black players because and you had to go way back when, where it was it was um, you know, even like in Brazil they wouldn't let blacks play in the teams, so there was a lot of that. But at the same time, you can't mix. Both both things, you know, um, like saying it's it's people being racist. Chivas had Negro Medina. Um, it's just uh, a word. Same. They no. say Negro. They'll, they'll say Wero. It's, it's basically the same thing. Huh? No, but hold on though, man. Because oh, there's okay, wet, there's different there's different context. Context sort of matters in this. So like when the announcer for Univision or whatever is talking about Negro Medina or Negro Sandoval. Or like there's yeah. there's a bunch of them, right? 
that's that's a nickname. That's just like uh, moniker. Yeah, yeah. It's like a it's it's a a bother or whatever. Now I don't know the comps. I'm looking this up. You guys probably know the context between Cavani and this guy. Was he the opposing player or no. was he putting that post? It's his friend. Uh, like his friend. Post is, okay, so 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 that that's the context right there. But you take the context in a different situation, like, uh, and I'm not fully knowledgeable on Pizarro. Whenever Chivas uh, won the title and they were celebrating, and he made that statement against America, and he used just like a string of curse words, and he said, uh, oh, "Okay, tu negra, tu negra madre," you know, as like an insult. So that's a different context where you're saying you're you're insulting the mother of the americanistas and you're putting in the word negro in there so that's and he apologized for that i don't know specific i mean he he had a bunch of words he just apologized for the insult to america in general but he didn't apologize for any racism none of the chiva hermanos brought that up i sort of did back in the day back at that time and i sometimes still put him you know his picture up with his little white shirt in the background and stuff um, but that's like an instance where that is sort of like, uh, you know, that's harsh. That's vulgar. Say, that, that's even racist even. Yeah. Um, but it's a Mexican sort of, uh, um, uh, context of things. And there's the other one, negro de mier- miércoles or whatever you want to, that's a common phrase also. And that's an insult. And that's, a you know, possible. Oh yeah. Like, we, like you're saying contest, that's, that's the obvious. Yeah. That's. Yeah, that is the obvious. You're, you're doing it to put someone down. Look, man, uh, he scored two goals. His friend tagged him and said, congratulations. And he said, gracias, negrito. Like, there's no harm in that, man. It was his yeah, friend. I like, ah, I don't get it, bro. There's also, though, I think, uh, I don't know if Amy brought it up. And I didn't understand her post. But it seemed like there's like a weird, uh, and maybe I'm, under- I'm understanding it wrong. But the use of the word... Of the even the innocent apodo use, the nickname type of use, is still something that shows that you're you're like on another level or like a sort of superiority thing, where you can refer to somebody in that way. Mm, I see. Um, but 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 then you also have like el guero, el, uh, like el gringo Castro. Yeah. You have you have people call people guero Ocho. all the time. Flaco for, yeah, for, the, for their life. Gordo. So what is, what's, you know, is that racist? Is Chino. That like, dude, it's just, you know what I mean? All it's I know not, is. I don't think it's not, it, it's not cheeky, but, but there is a lot of, a lot of like people from, from like the U.S. They, they're, you know, they're, they're putting a lot of the stuff that happens here and mixing it up. Well, that's, projecting, that's thing. It's like, projecting, don't, yeah. Don't, yeah, no need to, just because something is going on here means it's the same down there. Well, that's in English. Like, I don't know how different. it is. I don't know how it is well, in they UK. Had, they've, they've had some of the same stuff where, because they even had like BLM in England and they ended yeah. up, they, they're going through some changes because it's, it's you know, they've, they've had an influx of like immigrants but throughout the years from like from the islands uh so it's it's been their their demographics has been changing so so um, yeah they've had their problems man there's also translation what real quick it's a, it's a translation also i don't know if you talked about that that um in english like it's not um black is yeah well they don't I think they negative. use it well well 
in England they don't do, use it? Well, in the U.S., of course, we know ne negro is not negro, it's negro, which is what they used for slaves back in the day. In England, I don't know if they even use that word or if it's the same context as in America, as mm. in the United States, which is obviously a bad, you know, right. a bad connotation. Um, whereas in okay. Spanish, that's the word for black, for well, the we, color yeah, black. And we're going back to like the 2014 with the whole corner kick chant, you know, and, it, and, and the complaints came from, from the U.S., you know, it, it's, this is where it originated, where then all of a sudden they, they were putting all this stuff on, on the Mexico fans and, and just Mexican culture and then trying to say how it was, it was uh, homophobic and whatnot. Yeah. Um. Two quick things that I forgot to mention. Number one, uh, Flaco Tena will be coaching Bravos next season. And another big one here, uh, Jesus Martinez has stepped down as president of Pachuca. What is going on there? That one is surprising. Uh, I know I've heard the rumors and they're saying that if they're getting investigated, you know, if if uh, if the club is being investigated, then him not being part of it means they might be left alone. And I know Grupo Pachuca has been involved in all different type of shenanigans with the state of uh, Pachuca, you know. But who knows, man? Who knows what's going on there? Uh, I th well, I think as the weeks go by, more and more info will. Trickle down, yeah. Well, I'm reading uh, in Medio Tiempo, Medio Cierto, whatever. Medio Cierto. They're so credible. Says, that website is so it, credible. <laughs> well, he's. It says that he's leaving it to his brother Armando, mm. and that he's gonna he's gonna take charge of like the the groups in general, like uh, oh, okay. the clubs, the universities, and other things. Oh damn! And he's gonna leave the deport deportivo to Armando. Um, Ah, he, so then, he comes from with experience from Mineros de Zacatecas. I guess that's so where he was it's, at. It's misleading. This misleading uh, clickbait, because then if he's still there, then he's he's still calling shots. You know. Yeah, I guess he's leaving the Deportivo uh, a little bit to his. Well, I mean, to his brother, and then he's taking on other roles, like more general roles. He's not concentrating too much on that specific part. I guess. So, how confident do you feel about? Because uh, we weren't on here when when uh, we were talking about Pumas Cruz Azul, but how confident do you feel about your chances against Cruz Azul? Uh, uh, I guess in the middle, because my whole attitude with Pumas is even if they were to beat, uh, like uh, Joel was talking about Chivas' chances versus a Pumas versus, uh, instead of a uh, Cruz Azul, like that, I I agree. Cruzas or uh, Chivas would have a better chance against Pumas, but I wouldn't be surprised if if Pumas, you know, won the title against Chivas. Um, it, I'd I'd see it harder for them to beat uh, Cruz Azul than beat Chivas. I think Chivas would be easier for Pumas, but I wouldn't be surprised if Pumas, you know, be, ended up beating uh, beating Cruz Azul. Then again, I wouldn't be surprised if Cruz Azul just blew them out like three zero in one of the games. You know, so it's just sort of uh, Pumas just sort of goes. And, you know, they had sort of not an easy road, but Pachuca wasn't like the, a blazing hot team. It was a very feasible uh, matchup. And this might be the end. I wouldn't be surprised if it's the end. 
Saturday night. They can't, they I love your confidence, up. man. You just, <laughs> just so calling it, man. Chick is all over the place with that comment. <laughs> Anything is possible, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Anything. He said, "He said we could beat Chivas, but I don't know, man. I think we, this might be the end of the road for us." <laughs> he also like... busted. He also busted with the Pumas could win three zero. <laughs> It's like, it's like you're betting them to win and you're also betting them to lose. <laughs> they, 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 lost sort of bad. they lost sort of bad. They lost sort of bad. Like one of their final games, they weren't very – I forget what the score was. They didn't do too well. Um, but, it's, I mean, it's going to be tough. But then they, then they end up surprising people. In the regular season, they ended up surprising people. They so went streaks without losing. My, my hope is uh, if, if Pumas doesn't beat Cruz Azul, at least they injured. Cabeza Rodriguez. <laughs> Doesn't have to be a bad injury. Just, you know, um, mess I mean, up his ankle, so he misses. He misses like a month. I mean, you guys beat Cruz Azul in the last game of the season, two-one, uh, a brace by Dineno. So I mean, it's it's not completely out of. But I will say, out of the four games, you know, you guys were the most boring to watch. <laughs> um, you know, only scoring one goal, and I mean, Cruz Azul won three two, so they're a little bit more. That aggressive. was a nice golazo, though. That was a nice golazo. Which that's, one? That's the that's the tactic, Jaime. They bore the other team <laughs> the, the, the long, Pumas... enough, long enough to sneak in a goal. <laughs> the Pumas goal was was a nice pared. It was a nice wall wall pass, and uh, he he scored it. Powerful shot. So that was a nice single goal for their series. Yeah, but dude, Ch- Chicota does that in his sleep, bro. He does that three times in a game. <laughs> oh, recently, yeah, recently. How many goals did he score during the regular season? It's Not... like everyone's everyone's riding him because he's like he, he, he's he wasn't two. taking it serious. That's why he wasn't even he, playing. Man, he was on the bench. Yes, he, he was his, why was his he on the bench? Because he's been because he, he was partying and singing and doing karaoke and. <laughs> uh... <laughs> He's like, wake, wake me up when the Gia starts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, cal- he calculated. He knew the repetition was there, so he was like, okay, let's 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 ramp it up in the in yeah, the partying once, a little bit longer. When, yeah, no. Well, once once the Gia starts, he's like, hold my beer. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he announced the with one of his goal celebrations that he was going to be a, a daddy, but I didn't know that he was talking about. Being a daddy to America, <laughs> to a choa. Dude, what if he Dang. named his kid, what if he named his kid America? <laughs> he would literally be America's dad. There is, uh, there is name female name America. He's already yes. he's already done more for for Chivas uh, than like Peralta or some of these signings that we've had for a while, man. Like he's, he's being able to score three goals and eliminate. America single-handedly is just that's 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 history right there, man. That's legendary shit right there. No, it is. It is especially because uh, she was been lacking in this head-to-heads against Ame, and especially in in the Yias. So that's two two massive wins for Chivas right there. Uh, help help even things out in the in the record books. For sure. Well, that pretty much wraps up this show. Um, we've been doing a pretty good job of, of doing about two episodes a, a week. 
just because of the Ligia. So uh, we'll definitely have another episode before um, a week from now. Uh, do you guys have any any closing thoughts? Oh, man. No, just just my prayers for RJ9. And I hope uh, he recovers soon and, and, and gets to play, gets to have a long career. Chikis, you got anything? Oh, no. I was distracted. I agree what was the, what was with your question? analysis being all over the place. You seemed a bit distracted. <laughs> what is it? You're asking for predictions? No, no, no. Uh, closing thoughts. Well, no, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, the uh, Cruces Pumas. I think uh, Chivas is on a high, so we'll see if they don't like dive. But if they make it to the final, then uh, it's going to be a lot of rustled Americanistas and everyone else to see this Chivas, like a team from Repechaje, a team that you know didn't do too well during the season that had partying. And if they're able to pull it off, that's that's sort of uh, surprising. And that might be Repechaje. Sorry about that. <laughs> Yeah, it should be fun. It's going to be a fun week, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I'm going to leave you guys with this. I hope everyone has a great week. This was Cantina MX Football Podcast, and we'll catch you in the next one. (laughs) 